Hello, magic seekers. You are listening to the Little Scraps of Magic podcast, where you're invited to journey to the depths of your soul in search of pleasure, peace, truth, and grit. Here, you'll go within as you listen to conversations, meditations, and life lessons that will guide you back to your power, help you regulate your nervous system, and remind you that magic is real. I'm your host, Steph Traska, a life and embodiment coach, energy worker, mom of two crazy little boys, and at my core, a wild earth goddess. Whether you're in an energetic space of power and joy, or you're feeling shattered and stuck, it's my mission to nourish you back to your divine wholeness so that you step into your day and life with deep trust and an open heart. Now take a cleansing breath and open yourself up to receive today's little scrap of magic. Anything you want to do. Hello, loves, and welcome to another episode of the Little Scraps of Magic podcast. I am so excited to have with me today Jillian Bolands, who is an intuitive life coach, spiritual mentor, and Reiki master of masters. She is a guideus or goddess of all things moon, cyclicality, intuition, and true self-love. Jillian's mission is to help spiritual women to embody their inner goddess and turn their soul's dreams into reality. Sinking the power of the moon, seasons, and all the things cyclical, she supports her soulmate clients as they reconnect to their intuition, their divine cycle, and their inner magic by way of energetically immersive coaching and sisterhood experiences. She lives in Maine with her husband and her three kids, which I believe, Jillian, are all boys, just like my... They are all boys. Don't we love it? Isn't it we fun? We're so, we're so lucky. Yeah, we really are. And I never saw myself just having boys, but I feel so complete. And I find it interesting being like the witchy goddess type of woman that I don't have daughters in this world. Have you ever thought about that in your own life? So, well, first I want to say thank you. And I would sign up a million times to listen to your podcast just to hear the sweet melody of your voice. So thank you for that. My bio has never sounded better. Um, and I'm so happy to be here. And it's hilarious because, well, my third son was conceived after I started following the moon cycle and in a very, like they told me it would never happen type of way. So that was kind of like the first glimpse of my actual embodied goddess, witchy magic. Um, but it was interesting because when I found out he was a boy, the joke had always been, oh, well, my work's in the divine feminine. So naturally I have all boys. And then I had this realization of like, oh, no, truly, I am meant to have all boys. And of course, that is how they are presently identifying and their sweet little souls may reveal otherwise as they grow. And biologically, from what I can see, physically and emotionally and all the things, they are very much presenting as boys. And but like, truly, I believe that there is such harmony in the energy in our household because it is like boy central. I am like hockey mom, soccer mom, like breaking up wrestling fights constantly in my living room. And I wouldn't have it any other way because that's actually how I functioned. Most of my life was in that like more masculine energy. And so now with my divine feminine that I've 
integrated into myself and imbued into my household over the years. I'm like, yeah, I, I see it. It's a good balance. And it is actually perfect. It's exactly how it is. I so couldn't agree more in that whole realm. Like for me, I was not necessarily in the witchy goddess space until really after I had my second son, Everett. Mm -hmm. I had my spiritual awakening then. It was brought me into the dark space where I really had to face my demons and and also really look at the places in my life where I was disassociated, where I wasn't connected with myself, where I wasn't connected with nature and the rhythms of Mother Earth. And so it feels like the perfect balance. Like you said, I've got these absolutely crazy boys who are usually running around naked or wearing their superhero uniforms. Mm -hmm. um, it's chaos, but they have their beautiful tender moments. And I I'm curious to know if your boys get in on your magical side too. Like Bruce, my four and a half year old, loves to reenact my women's circles the day after I have them. And I love that. <laughs> but I almost feel like having the the really masculine energy all around me within my home space, it's urged me into finding my path and finding the way of the goddess and the divine feminine more. And so I would love to open our conversation there anyone that listened to the intro about Jillian, I think that gives a really clear idea of all of the different things that we're going to call into this, this session, this interview today. But I would really love to just hear your story about how you began so closely identifying with the divine feminine. And what does divine feminine mean for listeners who may not know? What does it mean to you? And where and when in your life did you feel like this is it? This is what allows me to be my fullest self. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we don't have six hours. Otherwise we could really get into it. So where I'm going to start is I think that the work that every woman feels called to do is just so sacred and so important. And for you to witness where your work is actually making an impact in the world by way of your women's circles and the sacred spaces that you hold. That's incredible. But also for you to turn around and see your little boy recreating it in his own way, like that's just as important, potentially even more so, right? In, in terms of like the immediate environment of your home. And I often think about uh, my sons are all very different. My oldest, so I've got at the time of this recording, 10, 7, and 3 are the ages of my little guys. And my oldest is just so, uh, he's so like me where like we wear our heart on our sleeve. Like we are very emotional. And I think that in the world, in the world in general, but in the world of, of youth sports, they, we grew up in a very different time where little boys were called derogatory names that involved the other sex. If they weren't you know, working hard or playing hard. And I just have zero capacity and zero tolerance for any sort of gender shaming and any sort of just like old baloney that people used to get away with in terms of the athletic world. And so, you know, I feel myself, I have really stood for him, stood for my kids. And like, I've looked at coaches before and said, oh no, my son will cry. Like he is allowed to cry. That is him actually in a very healthy way, expressing himself and allowing emotions to move through him so that they don't get stuck. And as a 40 year old adult male, he's taking it out on like a, a little league baseball field, right? Like I've got like some generational lines will be drawn with me in this moment. 
Um, so there's that aspect, which is very like ferocious mama lion, right? Like that is a lot of that warrior goddess. So to your other question, uh, where did this all start for me? So I am a very high achieving type A, go, 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 oldest daughter, oldest of three girls, typically good at anything that I try. And I don't say that with any level of smugness. I just am very grateful for the gifts that I do have. And I also have learned how to leverage them. Along with that, I know how to walk into a room and surmise what everybody's expectations of me will be. And I will supersede those things because I can and I will. Y'all better like get out of the way. Just watch me now. And so what I realized in a couple different ways over the course of my life is when I entered my mid-20s, I was starting to really notice the ways that that wasn't serving me anymore. Yes, I was checking things off my to-do list. I became the youngest practice manager with the highest employee satisfaction scores, right? Like, and all those things felt so good to my ego. But I also was simultaneously living this life where I was crying myself to sleep every single night, hating my physical body, never feeling good enough, though I was good at most things, never feeling good enough, never feeling worthy. So again, long story very short, and I alluded to it earlier, but I was told that I wouldn't be able to have a baby naturally in terms of man, woman, intercourse, sperm meets egg, we create a baby. It was going to be a little bit more of a journey for me. And so my first two sons were conceived by way of the IUI process. So that's the stage right before IVF. And I'm so grateful because we live in a time and a space where modern medicine can provide our sweet bodies with all that they're going through the opportunity. And I'm going to pause here and say, I am holding you so close, sisters, if this story feels triggery or feels hard in any way, because I have been there and we all have our own experiences when it comes to fertility and babies and families and um, just with you, if this feels hard, this is my story. So I don't mean for it to come off as like me, right? I mean, we went through it. And I'm grateful because it did result in two little boys for me. After my second son was born, I woke up one day and I, I just had one of those moments stuff where I was like, I am chronically constipated. I have had two children. I'm a healthy person, but I don't get a natural period. I have lived in force and grind and hustle my whole life. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, I truly felt like something was broken. So that was a big turning point for me. And in that moment, I started to invite in flow. I started to invite in ease. I started to work with the moon cycle, which is 20 and a half days. And so is our female cycle. Like, that is not a coincidence here, people. And I started to not only work with the moon cycle and the energies available, but really witness how they attuned to my like what was my personal emotional connection to the moon? And so after months and months of doing this, I got a natural period back, which again, they told me would never happen. I thought that was the end of the miracle. Uh, about a year later, I got pregnant naturally with my third little guy. So it really is like I witnessed how I had been living my life. And the metaphor is I had been in grind and force and I didn't time for a period. And it was convenient for me not to have one. But then I realized like what that grippiness was doing to my physical body it was actually stopping the natural flow that occurs within we as women. Right. And again, this is like the gospel, according to Jillian, like no medical professional has ever been like, oh, you are too much of an overachiever. That's why you don't get a period. But I just intuitively know that the energy within which it was functioning was actually impacting my body 
And then vice versa, it was that vicious cycle. So to me, what I witnessed was I had been functioning a very wounded masculine. So there's masculine energy, feminine energy. We all have both of it within us. But to each of those, there is a wounded or shadow side and then a divine side. And I had been functioning in that like stripping of myself, that sacrificing of myself, go, go, go. So it was masculine in terms of like, I will do this. I will supersede. But it was also with a victim consciousness energy. And so when I started really playing with what does feminine energy feel like? What would it feel like if I actually embodied my creativity and I trusted in the universe and I trusted in flow? How would that show in my actual body? How would that show in my work, in my life? So there you go. I mean, there's a lot of magic to unpack it there. When you said, like, after you had your son, that's when you were starting to really look at it. Like, did your body ever go through any physicality stuff like mine? Not in the same way that you described, but it was definitely for me, my physical feelings in my body are what drove me to get to know myself more deeply and to explore and get to know the moon cycles, the seasons and my own cycle as well. Yeah, for me, it was visceral rage. Um, yeah. After having my second son and and depression, you know, grief, just sorrow, just couldn't stop crying, anxiety about how my relationship with my first had changed. I mean, it almost was like I'd entered postpartum depression before having my second yeah. son because of yeah. the anxiety I started feeling about everything. But yeah, I had described to my therapist, it feels like there's noise in my body. Like I feel like a volcano that's ready to erupt. And she was like, look into somatic healing. And I was like, what's that? And so that really was my gateway into learning more about working with seasons, working with cycles, because it got me interested in Reiki and energy work. And then I got attuned and then breath work and then tapping. And so for me, those were the things. It was those alternative (laughs) healing modalities that should be so much more widely used and known and available, right? Right. I mean, it's that point on a primal level, we know this. On a primal level, I believe we as women, we know that we're connected to the seasons, to the rhythmic nature of Mother Earth, to the moon. And when we hear these things, it's almost like we're simultaneously learning it for the first time in our human experiences, which is too bad because it's why is it not just part of the vernacular since we are tiny, tiny, tiny little girls, right? Like, why did that wisdom, I mean, I, I can give you a whole bunch of reasons why that wisdom got wiped away, but I think that you and I and the other incredible women that are doing this work, we're part of the resurgence because it's not just learning it, it's remembering it. Oh, and I, yes. on a primal level, we know it because there is that deep generational woman tied to women. I have goosebumps everywhere, like connectivity into how freaking magical we are, how cyclical, how expansive we are. We've tried to be contained for so long and we are so much more than point A to point B, put your head down, fend for yourself. Like we are meant to flow with nature. Yes. Amen. Absolutely. It's like we've been It's been hidden from us for Mm -hmm. centuries. And so I would love to take our conversation in that direction of you mentioned it's a remembering, right? It's an ancient remembering. And so, you know, for you, speaking from the space that you occupied, the energy that you lived your life in for so long, from that wounded masculine space, from that push ahead, the overachiever, the type A. So for you to be able to hear that intuitive whisper, 
of like, there is another way to do life. There is another way for me to do this. Could you tell us a little bit about what that felt like for you? Was it like a bam, come to Jesus or come to goddess moment where you're like, oh my God, this. And then if you can, if that, I think that would likely segue into that moment or that feeling of that ancient remembering. Yeah. So I, I love this question because we're all going to have our own experience with it. Right. And like, I think like our human design, I think our sun, moon and rising sign, like I think that all of that ethereal component that is our soul all has its different medicines and all has its different through ways into things. When I first started really awakening to the rhythmic nature, the cyclical nature of the universe, I think at first it was tricky for me because I had been so patterned into the conditions of what it meant to be a successful human. I am like, and particularly I was born in 1985. So I grew up in like the 1990s, early 2000s, right? So this is when like the U.S. national women's team was like winning the World Cup and Title IX was really starting to be broadcast and be like Michael Jordan, Mia Hamm, right? Their commercial was, I think it was Gatorade, like anything you can do, I can do better. So we, we were, we were bred during this time where it's like, oh, you're damn right. I'm a girl. You're damn right. I'm a woman. And I can do anything that a man does. And I think that that served me for exactly what I needed for it to serve me. While I was growing up, I think the big shift for me was I'm a woman and like, yeah, I could do anything that a dude does, but I don't want to do it that way. Right. So it was like the learning, the remembrance of, oh, I get to work with the moon cycle because I have a female cycle. And oh, I feel a certain way during this time of the month and this time of the month. And none of that is bad. It's actually, if I can leverage it, if I can learn how to support myself with whatever it's calling me, that is gold. Like that is like the most deepest form of self-care and self-knowing and self-embodiment. So I think at first I tried to push against it, but I'm actually also a person that I'm like, oh, I'm freaking all in. I am all in on that. And, and then like my inner geek takes over and it's like, it's like my inner goddess geek. It's like, what can I learn next? And I think the another important thing to say here, Steph, is that there's a component of recognizing that, sure, I could read all the books, I could go to all the retreats, I could have all these experiences, and I need to do that, actually, because it fuels my soul. But I also have to trust that the universe is going to bring me the right things at the right time, right? There have been a couple, there's one particular book that I read a few years ago, and it talked about rage. It ripped the veil down in a way that I was like, I can never put that back up again. And I don't know that I'm okay with learning how deeply manipulated we were as women. And so I went through a pretty rageful time. But on the other side of that, I'm so grateful to know all that I know now. And also to have the have the divine knowing that I can create my future however I want. I always say, I'm literally not interested in fighting the patriarchy. It's Mother Teresa said something to the effect of, don't sign me up for a war against something. I'm not here to fight. Other people can fight the patriarchy. That is totally fine. I, yeah, I get it. And also, I'm here to create a dazzling new path. I'm here to actually live the embodiment of what it means to be the goddess, of what it means to be in tune with our cycles, with the rhythms of our heart, with our emotions. Because when our power was stripped for, from us, so was the capacity to feel because that wasn't safe. So I think this is a roundabout way of answering your question, but Yes, I was all in and I was all in on the knowing that because I'm all in, the universe is going to deliver what I need to hear 
what I need to remember in the cosmic unraveling with the time that I meant to. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes so much sense. And with us talking about cycles and seasons, a roundabout way of giving an answer, I think, is... Yeah, I mean, right? Like, there's no, like, point A to point B answer. That's so good. Savage, you're saying that. Yeah, permission. Permission to lean even more deeply into our rich feminine ways. Oh, thank you for that beautiful answer. And I would love to know, oh, there's so many, like, there's so many questions racing through my head right now. But what I think I want to hear about next is I know that you are preparing for a retreat. At the time of this recording, the retreat is this weekend. When this is going to be released, it will already be in the past. But I just know it's really important to you. It is called the Radiance Retreat. And I heard you talking on an Instagram Live the other day about the importance of nourishing hunger for radiance in women. And so I would love to hear a little bit more about that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for this. This is like literally all I want to talk about right now, which I think is why you're asking about it because you're so intuitive. So my friend is coming to the retreat and she is going to be um, creating the most amazing foods for us. And she's going to be nourishing us throughout the event. And so we were talking about, you know, who are the women that are coming? What's their energy? What what can I expect? She's asking me this. I'm like, you know, these women are they're ready and they're hungry for more. So it was like your question in a, a minute ago, like, were you tentative? Were you pushing it away? Were you diving right in? Where these women are is they they know what they're signing up for. They know that it's going to require, it's a Saturday. They know it's going to require probably getting the kids situated over here and making sure, you know, all the logistics are cared for. Um, and they're still willing to do it because there is that knowingness in this frequency that they're, they're holding that, they can't not be there. They're ready for whatever is going to happen in a transformational way when they're there. Like to not be there, to let the radiance that has been stripped away or locked away within them not be embodied. Like that's not an option anymore. And so we were talking about what it, how can we nourish that hunger? Because as women, we've been told to stay smaller right? We've been told to go eat this low fat cracker instead of that full fat piece of chocolate that you freaking actually want and actually will probably do better. Please don't take nutritional advice from me, but like sidebar, but like it's the, it's the desire. It's the intent. It's the understanding that we don't have to withhold from ourselves. We don't have to starve ourselves. We don't have to stay small actually what would happen if we allowed ourselves to fully expand right into what our soul is calling us to into that most radiant essence that is us and I know Steph you are incredible at holding these spaces too and just say here I am like I don't have to justify I don't have to explain why I'm here why I'm doing what I'm doing I just know that it must be done like my soul is telling me there is more to experience on the other side of what it is I'm ready to consume, right? And so how can we allow ourselves to really tap in and nourish that hunger? It's to look directly at the thing that's calling to you and allow that to really fuel you from the inside out so that you can expand into that, that soulness of you, right? Like that wholeness of you. I just think it's so important and we can... As women, we can draw so many metaphor and so many through lines between 
our actual physical bodies and actual physical food and our soul self, right? Like our ethereal body and the magic that is beckoning to us, right? That deep remembrance. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much gold there. And one of the things you said that I so deeply resonated is for those women who are coming to your radiance retreat about not being embodied is no longer an option. And it becomes a soul need, not a, it would be nice to have someday I'd like to. It's like, uh, it's happening and I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. Do you find that uh, a lot of the women that you work with or call in are in that frame of mind and that space? It sounds like they are for this retreat, but in general, in the work do you do, do you ever come across women who maybe aren't quite there yet, who are like, I feel the call. I feel like I'm remembering something that I, I don't quite know about myself. I'm feeling the pull into this more mystical spiritual world or what's the cyclical living about or anything like that. But then ah, they can't quite either make the time to do it or there's this disbelief piece because we've been so conditioned to turn off the intuition to, yep, this is what you're supposed to look like. This is what you're supposed to eat. This is how you show up in the world, right? That we don't even know if these feelings rising up in us are true or valid. So what's your experience working with women in that space? It's such a good question. So it's a two-part answer. The first part is, no, I don't feel that every single woman I work with and that's drawn to me does have that readiness, willingness, come hell or high water. I actually think the opposite. I think the majority of women who are drawn to me right now are women that are like, okay, tell me more. I don't know that I'm completely bought in. I think I am, but also I need, like, we got some reprogramming to do, right? So I, but I think as a business owner and as an intuitive, it's really important for me. I have a, I have got a good menu to support people with wherever they are. And I want to say this, wherever you are is exactly where you're meant to be. There is no hierarchy. There is no, oh, she arrived. So she can, she's arrived in this ethereal knowing so she can go to the radiance retreat. Like, no, literally we are all on our own timelines, exactly where we're meant to be having our awakenings in our own ways, tapping into the energies in our own ways. So wherever you are is so divinely perfect and beautiful. And if you want more, then keep going on your path. Right. Because, gosh, I'm six, seven, eight years into this. Like, I'm so excited to see what out where I'll be in 18 years, in 30 years. You know, like there's again, it's not a linear experience. It's a, a cyclical experience. So there's that piece. But also for your creatives in the audience, I think and I'm playing around with this new understanding as the facilitator of these experiences, as the the creatrix behind them, that it's the frequency that I'm holding. It's the frequency that I'm transmitting and the words that I'm using, obviously, to market and to invite and to invite people in. Those two things have to match in order to call in the people that are meant to be in certain containers, right? So it's not being purposeful in terms of like, oh, you've been doing this work for five years. You should go into this place because of some sort of like external benchmark. But no, it's knowing and trusting that the frequency that I'm holding for myself for the Radiance Retreat is different than a frequency that I might have in another program. And that's on purpose and also by divine design, because I want to be able to serve women 
whoever they are, wherever they are. And I want to give different options. And also, I want to continue to stretch myself in terms of my personal bandwidth, in terms of my personal capacity to create and hold space and start playing with frequencies that I want to receive at, right? Like it's it's more of the, where are you? Can you love where you are? What do you need to support you right then and there? And then also, if you want to hop on a different vibration, that's going to require you to be where you are and be purposeful with where you want to go. Yes, so good. And I feel like this idea and concept of tapping into different frequencies and having the permission to do that, and not only permission, but the encouragement to do that. Because again, going back to the patriarchy and living in this more linear point A to point B type of way, it really has asked us to operate with that 24-hour clock, which again, we know hormonally as women, we have a 28 to 40 day or 21 to 40 day clock, right? Um, we have, we're primed for different energies, different activities, and different frequencies at different times in our lives. And for me, that was such a huge awareness of like, oh, I can occupy different lanes. I can be different versions of myself all in the same day, all in the same week, all in the same month. I don't need to pick a lane, pick a frequency, pick a, a persona and stick with it. I feel like that's been this lie that we've been sold of like, mm -hmm. you know, like really fitting into this box and being so predictable in these certain ways. And we've really abandoned ourselves along the way to make other people feel comfortable to be, uh, you know, whatever we think that they're projecting or expecting us to be. And so for you to talk about that, I think is just such an important concept. And one that I think women who are on this path to finding themselves more holy, it, it's the permission they need of like, okay, I've been living my life as this woman for a long time. I'm intrigued. I'm curious, or I'm desperate to embody something else, to learn something else, to live in a different world, to have different types of friends. And in order to do that, you've got to step outside the lane you're living in, right? You've got to be open to trying on a different frequency. So I love, love, love that you brought that up and took the conversation in that direction. Yeah, thank you. I also think too, like, especially for the creatives in the group that like, they want to hold these containers, they want to hold these spaces, they want to be a part of this. You know, I couldn't have looked at you in the eye a few years ago and said, the women that I'm calling into this retreat are hungry and ready for more. That wasn't a frequency that I could hold as a coach and as a space holder then because I was in a different version of myself, right? So I think so much about the importance of this work is A, the moon is universal, right? Moon energy is universal. She's she, she's available to everybody, but we all have our personal experiences with them. And B, we're all always evolving, right? So to think that like, oh, yeah, I want to be able to do this type of experience. I just need to practice what it feels like to be the vibrational match for this type of experience before diving in and then, you know, learning the hard way that like my frequency, I, I have to practice that one a little bit more, right? I think as creatives and entrepreneurs, we are taught to set ourselves up for failure. Sometimes when people are like, you're not dreaming big enough. It's like, 
No, what if that's actually not true? What if it's that you're not, it's not that you're not dreaming big enough. It's just like you have to allow your sweet soul to evolve and to play with the frequencies. You're not doing anything wrong. Following somebody else's blueprint or their to-do list on like the 10 steps to achieving X, Y, and Z, like it might not work for you because you have different energetics to learn how to play with. It's not that you're not, you don't know how to follow the rules. It's that those rules need not apply to the energetic experience that you get to create. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So true. <laughs> so powerful. So good. I would love to apply what you just said into a, like a different type of question and direction. So you are a woman who actually introduced me to the Sabbaths. So I will plan to drop this episode sometime before Halloween. So I would love if you wouldn't mind kind of edging the the conversation in this direction and telling us a little bit more because the Sabbaths and all of these different equinoxes and, and holidays and celebrations that, again, like some of them were aware of, but many of them were not. They're things that have been hidden from us for so long, and they are so rooted in this earth-based spiritual practice. They're rooted in cyclicality, and that is the essence of being a woman. So as we're headed into Halloween, what can you share with us about the Sabbath that might be coming? Oh my gosh, did you just see my face like completely light up? Um, so actually, Steph, I have a freebie that I will give to you and you can give to your people. It's jillianbolands.com forward slash Sabbaths. I actually created a Sabbaths Made Simple Guide. Did I give that to you? You did, I believe. And I will include it in the show notes if you can okay, see it again. Amazing. So I think that would be super helpful. So the Sabbaths essentially are the original pagan holidays that work with and celebrate where we are at each point along the wheel of the year. The wheel of the year meaning the seasons, the seasonal living that happens as the, as the world turns, as the earth spins on its axis. Now, a couple of things. It took me a long time to debunk and peel out and rewire my connection to the word witch, my connection to the word pagan. Those are very charged words. Um, And actually in my guide, I break down my definition of a witch. I believe that a witch is a woman who is embodied in her power, in her cyclical connection. And she witnesses the abundance around her and the abundance within her. And that if she puts the abundance within her into her experience, she contributes to the overall good and whole of the abundance that is around her. So it's a little bit more succinct in the in the guide. But I mean, pagan is the tradition, the connection, the belief in celebrating the season, celebrating the earth and really allowing yourself to be in the richness of the moment. So when you break down the Sabbaths, they are the four season changes. So spring equinox, summer solstice, autumn equinox and winter solstice. And they are also the cross quarter points in between those four. So there's a midway point between spring and summer, right smack dab in the middle on May 1st, that is Beltane. So the Sabbaths celebrate, they basically happen every six-ish weeks or so. um, And they break down where we are with the earth. Now there's two ways to celebrate that kind of commingle. There's the agricultural component, right? Like there's the actual tending to the land itself. In the spring, we plant the seeds. In the summer, we celebrate the fertileness of the earth and we dance under the sunlight and we appreciate all that is growing. In the fall, we harvest, right? We actually are 
reaping the abundance that we have sown earlier this year or the in the year. And in the wintertime, we have enough stores in the barn from the harvest to allow ourselves to go inward into rest and get ready to plant again in the spring. And there are different rituals, different celebrations that happen at each of the Sabbaths. Additionally, there is a mythological component to the Sabbaths that follows the eternal relationship between the god and the goddess. And again, even the concept of a binary, right? Like the the god and the goddess is very foreign to people, especially if you've been raised in a religion that teaches you there is one god or, or one soul entity, and oftentimes it's male. So this brings us back into the connection, the yin and the yang of god and goddess energy, god being the sun, goddess being the moon. And there's actually, this just feels important to say, there's some ritual with the egg at spring and the egg itself is representative of the universe. And the yolk is the sun god and the white is the sun goddess that encompasses the sun god. So there's just so much delicious connection between the growth and the eternal relationship of the god and the goddess and that how when the god dies at Samhain, which is... The, Hall- the Sabbath at Halloween, we don't have to fear because the wise crone is tending to his death so that he can be birthed again at Yule, which is the winter solstice. And it's the remembrance that, again, it's the wheel of the year. It's the remembrance that there, there is no beginning and no end. And everything that we experience actually flows into the next. So Samhain is the celebration of Halloween. Um, it's the original holiday sidebar. Once you start to learn about the Sabbaths, you actually see where many modern day religions took a lot of rituals and a lot of components from those pagan holidays to drive people away from that more universal cyclical celebrating the mother and the father entity into the religious sector. So again, conversation for a different time, but it is interesting to see how even at our big holidays that are more traditionally celebrated, a lot of the symbolism, a lot of the actual ritual and words stems from the Sabbaths themselves. So at Samhain, it's the, it's actually, they call it the Witch's New Year. It's like the end of the Wheel of the Year so that at the winter solstice, we can begin again. We begin with the birth of the sun, S-O-N and S-U-N, because the days will start to get longer after that point. Um, so a lot of different ways. I mean, what we what we practice in traditional Halloween experiences are playing with the other side of the veil, right? The veil is said to be very thin around Samhain because of that connectivity between the beings on Earth and the beings on the other side, more of the divine component. Um, there's so much tradition around gathering with people. It's the final harvest. So tradition said that at sundown on Samhain, Everything that you need to have in the barn better be in there because at that point we are done. We have harvested. We have reveled in the fact that we can harvest. And now we celebrate and we we welcome in that winter rest. So lots of delicious fun and trickery and fairies are said to cavort around Halloween. Like, there's just so many different ways that you can take it. But it is a fun celebration when you can sink back into like the original agricultural and mythological components of it. Yeah, I love that. And I'd be curious to know, too, what about the Sabbaths make you feel so connected to the divine feminine? You know, if people are searching for that 
different meaning in their lives and different type of connection. I know for me what makes it feel connected, but I'm so curious for you. What about all of those celebrations, observances make you feel really connected to your goddess self, to the magic in your life? Well, would you share yours first? I'd be so curious to hear because you you said like I introduced you to them. So I'm like, what kind of magic have you created within you? Yeah, you know, I think so many different things. One is every book I read, everything I read, there are definitely the suggested rituals, offerings, circles, ceremonies, celebrations that can be done in correspondence with the Sabbaths. But it always feels like there is this openness to create ritual in the ways that feel meaningful for you. And as someone who grew up, I I had a melting pot family, like Hindu grandparents, Jewish stepmom, Christian grandparents, Scottish, like it was all different observances and religions. And I never felt like I quite fit in anything. And so for me, connecting back to earth-based spirituality has been, for me, definitely feels like a remembering of past lives and a remembering from being a little girl and just finding peace and this feeling that you are not alone, like you are with the angels or you are somehow protected when you are participating in observing some of these holidays. And again, being able to bring in your own intuition and your own divinity to create the magic around it rather than this is the rule. This is how you do it. This is how we say it. This is when this is what you wear. This is how we show up. Right. And so that's one of the things. There's many more, but <laughs> but I'll leave you with that. Yeah, I I love your answer so much. And I agree with you 100%. It's it's energy that is universally available to us. It's life force. It's Mother Earth. We are, it's the invitation back into the mother, into creation energy, into like womb-based sacral to sacral energy, right? So why do we feel like we're different than the earth? Why do we feel like we are the exception to the rule? right? The leaves currently are dropping off the tree. So, but like, I think that I can keep going on and living my life in January, the way that I live it in July. Like what gives me that permission or like stupid permission slip, forgive the, forgive the crassness, but like, what I'm, I'm no different. I am a, a living, breathing entity, just like the leaves outside, just like, you know, the grass and every living being. So just reconnecting my heartbeat to the presence of what is going on on Mother Earth and connecting into the vibration of that, it, it is, it's that feeling of like, oh, I'm not alone, but it's not another person. It's not another human created entity or experience that's going to create that fulfillment for me or that connection for me. It's already here and I am a part of it. And if I let myself commit and really say yes to the oneness of it all, it brings us back to source. And truly, any religion is about getting back to that one. And every religion, in my humble opinion, has their very human reasonings behind some of the things that we do, right? But we don't need those rules unless it does serve you in your soul in the way that feels alivening for you. But for me, I don't need that external human-created experience. I can go outside and lay my cheek against the soil and I will feel just as much connected to that divine source of love than I could anywhere else. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that I couldn't have said it as eloquently or beautifully, but that is definitely one of my reasons. It's like the heartbeat, right? Our heartbeats are connected. Our heartbeat is connected to Mother Gaia and the trees. And 
the weather and you know the ability for a little bud to crack out of a seed and then make its way through the soil so that it can come out and be fueled by the sun itself. Like if that's freaking magic, I don't know what is. So why am I trying to act outside the season when I am also that seed, right? Those seeds are also within all of us. So why not allow ourselves to go through that cyclical natural connective to source energy to love experience like we don't have to fabricate things we don't have to like overdo things we get to allow for them to unfold in real time and i will tell you this is a practice i am not perfect at this and every time i remember right there is that word again i feel more whole i feel safer i feel more connected and so it's that practice of being in the rhythm of nature and not trying to force against it Absolutely. I think we can be so pressured to just keep momentum going once it's been created, keep that wheel turning and the wheel of the year does turn. But as it turns, there is pause, there is stillness. And I talk a lot about the cycles and the seasons in episode two. So anyone listening now, if you haven't heard that episode and you're like, oof, yes, tell us more about how we can incorporate these cycles and seasons into our energy and our being, you can listen there. And And, you know, Jillian has no shortage of tips and just beautiful information available on her website and her Instagram as well. There is beauty in all of the phases, right? It's not just when we are outwardly productive, but even when we appear to be naked and barren and inward and still, there is so much happening and it is so profound. I know that you have a child to go pick up in just a couple minutes. I need to ask the final question of the interview. You know, this is the Little Scraps of Magic podcast. So I like to ask every guest at the end, what is a little scrap of magic in your life right now? Oh, oh my gosh, it could make me cry. I love this question. Um, Okay, a little scrap of magic in my life is this reemergence that I'm feeling because I believe, again, there's no doctor that's told me this, but I I saw a study recently that said um, actually postpartum depression and anxiety can show and peak actually four years after childbirth. And so, again, I don't know the validity, but I saw that and I was like, oh, so I, my son, my youngest son, Nathan, is three and a half and I have been definitely experiencing turbulence in a way different way over the past three and a half years. Now there's been the pandemic, there's been this, there's been that. Um, but it's been interesting. And I feel a little scrap of magic within me is that I'm reconnecting to the energy that's on the other side of what potentially has been very hormonally off for me for the past couple of years. And of course, when our hormones are triggering us to feel certain ways, that that creates patterns, that creates some stuff that lingers even after the hormones have kind of settled. Again, I'm no doctor. This is just my visual of it. Um, but I do feel like the hearing of that, the witnessing of myself in what feels like my truth, and then the willingness to say, okay, I get to do things a little bit differently and I get to be things and feel things a little bit differently. It's not just about doing it. Um, what what are we going to create from this space? So it's it feels like a fertile void right now, but that's the thing. It feels like a fertile void and not just a void. And I'm very, very excited about that. So thanks. That's the first time I've ever put it like that and really fully answered that question. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for putting that so beautifully and just reminding us as we end the show 
how, again, the importance that there is in the void, in that dark space, the unknown, in the shadows, that there's so much strength and beauty and magic to be found there. So Jillian, thank you so much for your time today. If anyone wants to learn more from you, where should they go? Um, my website is JillianBolands.com, though my favorite place to hang out is Instagram because like I love me some good Instagram stories. I put a lot of soul into my posts and whatever I, I deliver. I talk about the events that I hold in, in my sacred group coaching spaces, one-to-one spaces, but I also like really talk from my heart. Like you'll see me crying on there as often as you'll see me laughing and celebrating because I just feel like what an opportunity we have to like be an embodiment of our expression and I like to reveal it all. So if you listen to this podcast, please come over and tell me that you're one of Steph's crew and I will love them on you. And I'm just excited to see the little scraps of magic that will pop up in my life because we had this conversation. Amazing. Wonderful. I will put all the links uh, where people can come and find you in the show notes. Again, thank you so much. You are just such an inspiration to me, such a wealth of knowledge and such a beautiful ray of light. I mean, truly, Jillian, you just, you are radiant. And I love that you are, you are guiding women to find theirs too. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. It's such an honor to be invited into your space. If you love today's show, subscribe and leave a review so you don't miss anything. And if you're ready to create some magic in your life, right now if you're craving a return to the energy and innocence of your inner child then our flower child retreat october 7th through the 9th in logan ohio is just what your soul needs your inner goddess is invited to activate her essence while immersed in luxury summer camp vibes picture yourself hopping in the heated saltwater swimming pool waking to yoga sound baths and meditations nourishing your body with beautiful organic foods and lounging in the hot tub with soul sisters at this incredible forested oasis head to littlescrapsofmagic.com that's my website and then click flower child retreat at the top to learn more and book your room and as a thank you for being a listener you can pop in the code little scraps of magic and receive 10 percent off your spot thanks for listening and have a magical day